0: You're listening to the Better for America podcast, presented by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Hi, and welcome. This is Rebecca Weber with AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, and I'm so excited today to speak with Andy Mangione. Andy is our Senior Vice President of AMAC Action and has been a part of the AMAC team for about seven years now. Uh, Andy, welcome, and thank you so much for taking time to speak with me and our members today. How are you?
1: I'm doing well, Rebecca. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Oh, that's great. And, you know, I think it'd be great for our members to hear a little bit about the – the how you came to find out about AMAC and how AMAC, once we met you, we said, boy, you'd be the perfect guy for the job. I'm so excited to tell our members all of that which we're doing, but can you give us a, a, a rundown memory lane and tell us how that happened?
1: I'd be glad to, Rebecca. My background consists primarily of uh, progressive sales and marketing positions in pharmaceutical and medical device, and managed care. And the managed care aspect is what really led me to AMAC. I took a job with a large insurance company headquartered in Louisville, Kentucky. And my job was to find business partners, people that could help us externally distribute Medicare Advantage, uh, the Medicare Advantage product, the PDP product. So they had to have access to people who were Medicare eligible. And I hadn't even moved down to Louisville. This involved a, uh, a relocation. And uh, I was going back and forth between my home in Ohio, and I was given a lead that said there was a piece of paper that said Dan Weber on it and the word AMAC, and I followed (laughs) up, and that's how I met Dan. Uh, Dan was forming this organization called AMAC. Uh, This was back in 2008, and uh, he had a about 5,000 members, and many of these memberships he gave away, and uh, we all went down to Florida to meet with Dan, and he was there. I'll never forget it, in a business suit and a crisp white shirt and tie, and he laid out his vision for AMAC. I was there with my boss and another colleague, and he was looking for support, and we were looking for business partners. And the bottom line was that was my introduction to AMAC. And I knew, listening to Dan lay out his vision for AMAC, that he was describing something that was much bigger than anybody in the room that day. And I isn't knew, isn't
0: that great, Re- Rebecca? You know,
1: e- even even though I uh, I was just starting a new job, I knew that he was onto something big, uh, and something productive, and something that was very patriotic. And I knew I wanted to be a part of it.
0: That is such a nice story. And here we are, so many years later, two point three million members. And you know, I think our members understand this. It's not. Uh, I think a lot of what drives our success is who we are connected with who we have working for AMAC, both on the Hill, uh, you know, our, every, everyone from our membership service representatives to our call center agents that are selling Medicare Advantage and Medicare supplements to our members who need it. And the work that you are heading up in Washington has been absolutely uh, phenomenal. And it excites me because even though we don't have Dan Weber here on Earth with us today, you are carrying out his legacy—you know, his legacy and his vision for the company—and and, and uh, it's people like you, Andy, that have really uh, not only uh, helped Amac grow, but you're actually doing exactly what it is that our members need and want us to do. And what we need to do is good stewards and 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 patriots. Uh, we want to save this country. So what I'd love to do is share with our membership. Some of the great things that, that you're leading, that you've headed up, that that you're overseeing with Bob Carlstrom and the team, uh, and some of the successes that you can share with our membership uh, year-to-date, let's say in the year 2020, and then we'll share a little bit about what we're going to do in 2021. I'd be happy to. Thank you.
1: To. Hey, Rebecca, i just uh, very privileged to be on the government relations team, serving with some... Experienced people, people that have uh, uh, that, a track record of success working on Capitol Hill. I'm happy to be on that team. And it's been a challenging year, and no doubt, not just for us, but for everybody else and in this uh, era of COVID-19 that hopefully will be winding down shortly. But we were able uh, to meet with 74 congressional offices in D.C. before the shutdown. And uh, we've got uh, people in the field that made another 49 visits to local congressional district offices in their communities. And we have an outreach program called the uh, AMAC Chapter Program, uh, where we held at least 35 meetings, Uh, probably more now because uh, some of these restrictions are lightening up uh, uh, before the coronavirus lockdown. So it's it's been it's been a challenge we've been able to do a lot of work by webinar a lot of work by zoom a lot of work by teleconference and email and what we've been able to do from a legislative perspective rebecca during uh the negotiation of the third covid-19 Uh, stimulus package, the relief package that was known as the CARES Act, we were able to insert specific language that helped our membership. And let me tell you how we did that. Uh, We were able to get language inserted into the bill that would limit, um, I'm sorry, that would, um, wouldn't force seniors to liquidate savings in a personal account. This was known as the required minimum distribution that people that have certain investments are required to take. Well, During the economic hardship caused by uh, caused by the pandemic, uh, people were finding that their savings that they were forced to liquidate because of this required minimum distribution were actually worth less and they would be taking losses. And we were able to, uh, through our recommendation, to have a temporary waiver placed on the required minimum distribution. We wanted to get it permanent, but we, we were able to get a temporary waiver for the calendar year 2020, and that would save our members with these types of accounts a lot of money in terms of their savings. So it would kind of preserve their savings. You have to keep in mind, they spent a lifetime uh, accumulating these savings, and we want to be sure. with them by their side to protect it.
0: I'm so glad that you were able to get that done, Andy. That Amac was able to get that done because we certainly did hear from membership uh, members. Wrote in, they emailed us, and they said, "Can you help help us? You know, we 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 would love to, uh, you know, not be forced to have to uh, draw down on our savings." And uh, it's just wonderful that uh, we're working with people who are actually listening to us. And you know that that's a good uh, another question that I have is. You know, we know that AARP uh, is is big and strong and, and the biggest lobbyist uh, in America uh, that I know of uh, in terms of their strength with over 30 million members. And AMAC will grow uh, for sure in my lifetime to at least 10 million members. But with 2.3 million members, does the administration, does Trump's people, do do the folks... Uh, in Congress, do the Senators know who amac is?
1: Let me tell you exactly how they know who we are Rebecca the answer the short answer is absolutely they know who we are. We receive calls directly from the White House to get uh, they want the feeling they want not the feeling, but they want the vibe. What is the the mood of the American senior and they can 't get that from aARP. They come to amac they want to know how messaging would resonate with seniors when the when the president wanted to release his uh healthcare plan we were consulted. Uh, Bob Karlstrom and I went to Washington and sat with his director of domestic policy to talk about messaging, what words would resonate with seniors. They wanted our opinion. And all we're doing, Rebecca, is relating what our members are telling us. And I can't emphasize that enough. We are a member driven organization. And no more is this, nowhere is this more important than with regard to our advocacy. We take the issues that our members tell us concern them to Washington. We don't sit in a room and think of big ideas and run to Washington. We talk to our members. We listen to our members. And in turn, the administration wants to know what they're thinking. And all we do, Rebecca, is serve as a conduit, if you will, a mouthpiece for our members. And we advise the administration on what, what would resonate with our members. Yeah, in terms of messaging. And it happened on more than one occasion.
0: Yeah. And it's exactly, Andy, exactly the vision that Dan Weber uh, had when uh, he first formed AMAC. Uh, we, we, We love to talk about the great benefits that we offer. We have a wonderful magazine. We offer great benefits discounts on auto and home insurance, and all of that is very important. But to Dan Weber, even more so, than offering steep savings and, and great, unique, and exclusive programs to our membership. Even more so, did he love this country and look for ways to preserve it? And his message was always, we're going to take our marching orders from our members. And so that's why I encourage our members. I say, go to our website, check us out. We're at amac.us. And look for the AMAC poll. We put out a weekly poll on that website. And Andy, I know that you often go back to those polls and you you use those polls uh, to sort of tee up what the administration needs to do in order to help improve the lives of American seniors and and all people really 50 and above, because I'm 50 and I don't really think of myself as a senior, but we're, we're looking out for everybody here. I love, that. I love that you're doing exactly what we set out to do.
1: And you know, Rebecca, I, I can't emphasize this enough. Uh, in the government relations team, and I know that this permeates the culture of AMAC overall, Dan Weber felt that conservative seniors, their voice was underrepresented in Washington. And he's right. It was not represented well in Washington. So he decided to start up AMAC. And- you fast forward to the, to the year 2020 and over 2.3 million members later, we are delivering that message to Washington. And it's something that we keep close, top of mind and close to our heart. We are here and we serve at the, um, at the courtesy of our members. We, we serve at their, um, their discretion. They, they direct us. We don't make a move without them knowing about it. And when you talk about things like the poll, we take that poll depending on the question and we send it right to our contacts at the White House. They are God, very great. interested in what's on our members' mind and what they're talking about and what bothers them and what they like, what they like, what they oppose. And literally, we copy and paste that link to our poll, including all of the comments, and we send that to the White House very frequently.
0: That, that is so great. Andy, let me ask you, what, what you, how if for anybody listening right now, if they think, well, I really want to get involved, Uh, I'd like to be able to do something because I'm passionate about uh, the issues that AMEX stands for. Uh, And for those folks that say, I really want to get involved, what can they do right now? You know, is there a phone number they can call? Is there an email or a website? If you could give them, uh, our members, that information, that'd be great.
1: I'd be happy to. The first thing they can do, if they're interested in getting involved, and you have to understand, and I know that you do, Rebecca. not that you don't, but uh, people listening to this, AMAC members are informed. AMAC members are engaged. AMAC members are uh, they are they participate in elections. They vote in primaries, and they are they consider themselves. Uh, and i've heard this this is not just me saying this because of the uh, the events that we do with members of congress we find that amac members um, are uh, very informed on the issues and they're not afraid to articulate their opinions on these issues so the first thing that i would recommend doing is getting to know our advocacy the advocacy end of the business and uh, that can be found at amac action that's one word amacaction.org and just go to that website go to the public square it's right there uh, where you need it. I mean, it's right when you type in amacaction.org, you'll, you'll pop up and you'll see all the activity that we've been doing in Washington, all the activity that we're doing on a grassroots, grassroots level and all of the, for example, the letters of support that we send on, uh, on specific pieces of legislation. We have sent literally <laughs> with this um, this congress with the 116th congress uh well over 150 probably more than that letters of support and we also send letters of um of opposition as well just just to let the administration know not only the administration but congress know where we where we sit and where we uh what we feel about specific legislation so they can they can peruse the amacaction.org website and they can see what we're doing and they can they That's can great. they you know they can see they can choose to get involved. And they
0: can get involved as a delegate. Absolutely.
1: Yes and and they can learn more about the AMAC Action Delegate Program and the AMAC Action Chapter Program. They can pick up the phone and call 855-809-6976. That's 855-809 6976. We have our AMAC Action Advocacy is headquartered in Central Florida. We've got a host staff there that supports our delegates. So, how would they become involved in a delegate? Well, a delegate is simply a volunteer that chooses to make about four to five calls on their local congressional district. And this is what's great about this program, Rebecca. They have the power of constituency. They would walk in there as a constituent first and an AMAC Action Delegate second. And what they do is mirror our efforts in Washington, but they do it on a local level. And it's a very powerful way to get messages across. We present... A consistent message on behalf of the association and our membership, and their voices are heard because they are constituents. And it's 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 a fun job. We have uh, over 300 delegates covering almost I think at least 300 congressional districts. Our our goal is to have all 435 districts covered, and it's an ambitious goal, but we are working toward that. But people have a lot of fun. They are supported with all the materials and the training that they need, and they can pick up the phone and call eight five five eight. Nine six nine seven six to learn what's involved with becoming an AMAC action delegate. Now the chair, oh, I'm sorry.
0: Oh no, that's okay. <laughs> I just wanted to quickly say remind uh, the folks that are listening that uh, I I was especially excited this year of 2020 because um, AMAC delegates were invited to participate in a teleconference with the White House administration and a handful of AMAC members were invited to the White House and sat across the table with the president to talk about the issues that the president really wanted to hear directly from our members. I mean, these are opportunities that I, I, quite frankly, Andy, I would never have said to our membership, hey, get involved and maybe you'll get to talk to the president. But lo and behold, that's really what, what happened.
1: You're referring to, you are exactly right. Back in July, we received a message, uh, a, a request actually from the White House. Okay. I'm sitting in my office, the phone rings, I recognize the number, and then you just kind of stop what you're doing and you try and satisfy this request. But the president himself was having a round Discussion on law enforcement. And that roundtable discussion was in the personal residence of the White House. It was attended by the vice president as well as the attorney general. And two AMAC members were invited to join. They were local to join in this roundtable discussion because they had experiences where law enforcement went above and beyond the call of duty to help them. And the president wanted to emphasize what a selfless, profession law enforcement is. Yes, you recognize there are bad apples everywhere. There's bad apples in every profession. But overall, these people lay down their lives for us on a daily basis. It's a thankless job. They don't make a whole lot of money doing it. And he wanted to highlight how honorable it is and how these people went above and beyond. And two AMAC members were able to sit in the personal residence of the White House with the president, the vice president, and the attorney general, and participate in a roundtable discussion to share their experiences. In another situation, uh, we, we were called upon by the White House, they were having a series of teleconferences to talk about healthcare, in particular, how healthcare pertains to seniors and what their concerns are. In this teleconference, so we put out the invitation, and AMAC members received emails uh, emails from us, inviting them to uh, to participate in the teleconference that was chaired by Vice President uh, Mike Pence. It was supposed to be chaired by President Trump, but he had come down with the coronavirus. So the vice president sat in on his behalf. Uh, and they listened to what the administration's objectives were, what they were working on with regard to senior health, and how they are prioritizing the health of America's seniors. And it's during really uh, the during the AEP, I'm sorry, Rebecca, but I'm on a roll.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you, no, you keep, got keep me rolling.
1: <laughs> you got me started here. But we had uh, the most recent teleconference was chaired by CMS administrator Seema Verma to talk about all the wonderful changes the president made to the Medicare Advantage program. The the uh, The choices for Medicare Advantage in terms of policies have exploded throughout the country. The premiums have dropped very significantly and they just wanted to make sure that our members who are Medicare eligible, were aware of all the changes that have occurred and what to look forward to during this annual enrollment period. And my the feedback that I received from our members' participation was very good. Our members asked good questions. They participated in the discussion, and they have a seat at the table with this administration. And we are happy in the government relations uh, t- on the government relations team to facilitate the seat at the table.
0: Andy, AMAC Action has had uh, a lot of uh, success in 2020, and, and you've been really uh, bringing great message to Washington, and you're bringing that message, getting that message from our AMAC members. How how have our members assisted you specifically with some of those efforts in Washington?
1: Rebecca, our members have been a huge help in our accomplishments. So let me just highlight a couple of them if I can. Please do. Back in January, Uh, we put out a call to action. And let me just kind of set this up for you. Um, In 2019, President Trump issued an executive order that compels hospitals and insurers to disclose their secret negotiated prices for shoppable medical services, and also for hospitals to disclose cash prices that they accept for the same medical services. The idea here is to give people the information they need upfront so they can shop around for the medical services, much like they do for any major purchase in the rest of their lives. So the president issued this order. The next step after a couple of months is for CMS and actually Health and Human Services to open up their website for comments on how they should construct the rule. How what, what should this rule look like? Do people support the president's executive order? We put out a call to action to our members because this is one of AMAC's signature issues. We are a huge fan and a huge advocate of price transparency in healthcare. It'll drive down costs. It'll increase competition and it'll also increase access. So that said, we went to the membership. We went to the membership at large and asked them to participate in the comment section on HHS's website. This was back in January. Well, wouldn't you know, Rebecca, nearly 80% of all the comments left on that website, that HHS website, were from AMAC members. Okay, so let's fast forward now to October of 2020. The ruling came out. So, And our members' voices were clearly heard. The final rule came out, and it is strong. And it is exactly what we hoped it would be. So AMAC members had a part in the construction of this rule. And what the rule means is that 200 million Americans will gain access to real-time price information, which will enable them to know how much their health care will cost them before going to treatment. It also requires group health plans and health insurers issue and I'm sorry and health insurance issuers in the individual and group markets to provide easy to understand personalized information on cost sharing for healthcare services. There's much more to this rule, but AMAC members had a hand in its final version. That's power. That's the power of advocacy. We could not have done this without the help of AMAC members.
0: Wow. Isn't that great? Thank you, Andy, for sharing. And thank you to our members. Again, I can't emphasize it enough. Without our AMAC members, we just would not be able to deliver the kinds of, uh, we wouldn't be heard is really what it is. I mean, when Dan had 5,000 members, he was on on the Hill. He was working with decision makers and they said, come back when you have 100,000 members. When you had 100,000 members, he said, come back when you have a million members. Today, when we go to Washington and say we have 2.3 million members, they have to listen to us. So, thank you to the AMAC membership for supporting all of what we're doing. And uh, Andy, I, I'm I'm so proud of the, of the wonderful work that AMAC, you and your team, are doing. Uh, on the Hill, as our members must be as well. Andy, I just want to take a moment and talk about uh, the uh, Amy Coney Barrett uh, confirmation process. And can you share a little bit with our members, how exactly did our membership help influence uh, uh, her nomination?
1: AMAC members had a huge role. Thousands and thousands of AMAC members targeted senators, in a campaign that AMAC Action put together to persuade them to vote for the confirmation of Amy Coney Barrett, as everybody knows, is now Justice Barrett and highly qualified to sit on the Supreme Court. Specifically, AMAC members targeted Senator Romney and Senator Murkowski, and both of them, both of them voted to confirm Amy Coney Barrett after receiving hundreds and hundreds of emails from AMAC members in Utah and Alaska, respectively.
0: That is great. How exactly, again, for those folks that wish that they could have participated uh, and played a part in that big voice, uh, how how exactly can someone get involved to work directly with those, you know, on that grassroots level? I know you spoke a little bit about the delegate, uh, you know, getting involved as a delegate, but in this particular, is there an email that they can uh, sign up for, for example? Can they opt in to receive notifications or participate? in any of this activity.
1: If they opt in overall as an AMAC member, they will receive our calls to action. And Good. in this case, we targeted specific states. But for example, with the HHS ruling, we targeted the membership at large, and that's how we were able to influence that ruling.
0: Yeah. And so that, that's another reason why I like to always remind our members, um, when you sign up or you renew with AMAC, be sure to give us your email address because it is our major way of communication. It's it's fast. It's inexpensive. Uh, so, you know, we can really put uh, AMAC membership dollars to better use. And if we can email our members, boy, it makes things easy. So we ask that you uh, check your email, check your junk mail, make sure that you're getting AMAC emails because we are engaged with our members and uh, we do that primarily through email as, as sort of our first, uh, first, first form of communication. And you're right, uh, but th-
1: you're right, ahead. Rebecca, without email, we would not have been able to accomplish these, these campaigns. We would not have had the success we had if it weren't for, uh, cause they were, they were exclusively email campaigns.
0: Very good. So, and you know, this was, this was a huge win for America and in part thanks to our members because, uh, that, that influence I think had a absolute, uh, impact on, uh, some of those senators uh, that, you know, we didn't know which way they were going to go. And, and ultimately, uh, AMAC members, they made their voice very clear and we were heard. And uh, so that was a great win. And
1: hey, Rebecca, it's good that you bring that up. Senator Murkowski waited until the weekend before the vote to make up her mind. And this was after her AMAC constituents reached out to her.
0: That is wonderful. Well, that is that. That's really great, and I'm I'm so happy that we can share this with our listeners, with our members. Uh, I want to encourage our AMAC members that are listening to please share with your friends and family, uh, you know, your neighbors and such that there is an alternative uh, membership organization that represents you. And if you, and here's the question: if you believe in freedom of the individual, if you believe in free speech exercise of religion, in the equality of opportunity, sanctity of life at all all stages, rule of law, and love of family, then you ought to be a member of AMAC because we stand for all of that. We stand proudly for all of that. And without our AMAC members, we could never accomplish the things that we have accomplished So I would like to just thank every one of our members, anyone who's listening here today. Thank you so much for being a part of something that is making America great. And Andy, thank you for your commitment to serving our members and to really uh, doing all that you do each and every day to help preserve our great, great country and make life better for everyone. It really is wonderful.
1: Thank you, Rebecca. It's an honor to do this kind of work.
0: Thank you, Andy. And I look forward to bringing you back again next time when we uh, can talk about some of the new and exciting things that we've got lined up and uh, our 2021 agenda, uh, which we're very excited to share with you on our next uh, podcast. Andy, thank you so much for being with me today.
1: You're very welcome. My pleasure.
0: Thank you for listening to the Better for America podcast. To learn more about AMAC and all it has to offer, visit us at www.amac.us.